Welcome to All About Art. My name is Alexandra, and I'm an art historian, curator, and writer. Within this podcast, topics relating to art history, cultural policy, the art sector, as well as a large range of other art-related topics will be covered. Conducting critical discussions, having entertaining exchanges, or just enjoying some relaxing chats? All About Art is where you'll find it all. Join me in exploring and developing cultural discourse. Welcome to another episode of All About Art. In this episode, I sat down with Gemma Pepe, director and founder of the renowned fundraising initiative Art on a Postcard. Art on a Postcard was first launched in 2014 as a one-off secret postcard auction to raise funds for the Hepatitis C Trust. However, the response and popularity has allowed it to continue multiple times a year, every year, since that very first auction. These auctions offer postcard-sized works by phenomenal artists such as Damien Hirst, Grayson Perry, Marina Abramovich, Patrick Hughes, Gilbert and George, and Wolfgang Tillmans, to name but a few. This episode coincides with their most recent auction, curated by gallerist and curator India Rose James. There are works on offer by the brilliant artists Olivia Sterling, Alma Barrow, Christy M. Chan, as well as Mark Quinn and Courtney Love. Unlike all previous ones, this auction will not be raising money for the Hepatitis C Trust, but instead will be donating the proceeds to Choose Love, a charity that supports Ukrainian refugees. The link is in the show notes if you want to go have a look at the art and maybe even bid to win one for as low as £50. I want to thank Gemma for coming on the podcast and for Art on a Postcard for the collaboration. Before I dive in, I wanted to let you lovely listeners know that All About Art is on Patreon. So if you want some behind-the-scenes content, maybe a bit of merch, the chance to get one-on-ones with me and my guests, or you're simply wanting to support this project, I would be absolutely thrilled if you decided to sign up. You can do so through the link in the show notes. I also wanted to say thank you to those who have already signed up. Your support means the world, and it makes the further production, improvement, and growth of the podcast possible. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. And now, on to the interview. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. You're welcome. I always like to start with asking about my guests' background and education. So can you tell me and the lovely listeners about what you studied and how you got into the arts? Okay, so um, I did film at, it was called, used to be called LCP, it's called LCC now, but I didn't get there via a traditional route. I went, I left school at 16 and then to, I lived in Madrid and um, did nothing much really <laughs> until when I lived in Madrid for a while, um, back and forth, came back to England and met my son's father when I was maybe, I don't know, 23 or something. Mm-hmm. And had Louis at 25. Uh, so I was really kind of not doing very much. Into, and then having Louis gave me the, um, my son gave me the real kind of energy and com- confidence to yeah. do something. And maybe, and I thought also, you know, I really want to set an example for this boy. You know, I've got to get educated. I've got to get my act together now. 
really. Yeah. So, and my son's father was in a band. So, you know, I did really have, uh, it just wasn't doing much with my life, I yeah. have to say. But yeah, so I had Louis and I went to, uh, I did an access course where we did, it was film, video and photography, which you you can't, you wouldn't get that now. Yeah. Anyway, so I did, while, while he was a little baby, I did photography um, and I used to rent out a darkroom and then I did this access course and I got into, from the access course, I got into LCP and Westminster mm-hmm. to do film and, and Westminster said, well, you can do film or photography and it, that was really unheard of because I was, I was told don't apply to London colleges, There's, you don't stand a chance of getting in mm-hmm. and I just thought, well, I'm not going to apply anywhere but London because I've got yeah. my kid here and I've got my family here and I'm not gonna I don't want to leave London so yeah so are you London born and bred I'm yeah I am my parents moved out um when I was young but uh, but my brothers and sisters are yeah were, were, well they were all here then when he was little they've since you know gone wherever but yeah um but yes so tell me a little bit more about your education but also how did you enter into the arts you studied yeah. film and photography so yeah so I did uh so at the end of my film degree yeah it was apparent that you know that I'd have to do running in order to get to work in a production company the only way I could make my own stuff yeah. would be to raise the money you know uh which which that's a there's a long process in doing that and the people that do make their own stuff and raise the money they're working alongside it if you're a single mother that's not open to you and it's not open to you either working as a runner at a production company yeah because you have to get up at six in the morning and maybe won't be back until two at night and there's just no way you can do that with a kid yeah so I went into music and I went to work at a music agency and I became a a DJ agent. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been fun if I hadn't been single mother, actually. It would have been more yeah. fun. I mean, it was fun because, I, you know, you get to travel a lot. Yeah. Especially if you've got uh, British artists. Yeah. Then you get to, you know, th- then you can just, like I would, for example, I'd be able to phone someone up in Thailand, not Thailand, well, even Thailand, but say Iceland was the example I was going to say, uh, and say, oh, I'll bring out so and so and so and so yeah and can I come too and you know you basically you've got you've got a passport to anywhere um doing that but it's also it's also quite boring yeah I mean I have to say yeah I mean it was like you know it's quite fun if you want to go out and if you're into that life but at that time you know I was turning 30 and I had a young child and I didn't really want to you know I wanted to put a stop on going out so much not do it more and you know you have to do that for work and yeah also the traveling sounds fun but in reality you go uh, to a club you see the inside of a club you go out for dinner you see the inside of a club then you're back on the plane the next day yeah you know, sometimes you get a couple of days there but very very rarely yes. and you know so yeah. it's not proper traveling really yeah I've traveled for work before as well and as much as I think I've had maybe one day at times when I was one time I was in Geneva and I could take a day to just wander around Um, and then I was lucky enough when I went to France once for a sale um, it was in the south of France in Bone and I then asked if I could just take a few days if we could postpone my ticket back Mm. so that I could take a few days in Paris because I I had never been to Paris and that was my first time so I know that if I would have done it more often, it definitely would have been hit the ground, go to the auction room, go and work, get back on the plane. Yeah. And that's what it would have been. And traveling's very tiring. It is. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Might you don't sound. have your routine, anything no. like that. Yeah. But you have had quite a diverse professional career mm. so far. So you've been the get tested campaign manager for oh, okay, the Hepatitis yeah. C Trust. I say, yeah. And you've also founded and currently direct the well known initiative Art on a Postcard, yeah. which raises money for the Hepatitis C Trust. Yeah. So can you tell me about this development and how you came to combine charity aid with yeah. art? So, okay, so, uh, right, I finished, I stopped working because I, I felt ill all the time. And um, about a month or so after I stopped working, I found out I had hep C. So, okay. uh, because I was always ill, always, always ill. And then, so that kind of took quite a big chunk out of my working life, actually. I know what I was doing. I did a master's in uh, documentary research. Oh. And while I was doing my master's, my, the chance to do treatment came up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll do my... Because I had to do a research dossier. And I thought, right, I'll make uh, my treatment, my hep C and, you know, my research dossier. Yeah. It was the, 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 the information about hep C at the time was very, very uh, little. And I just didn't know what... I was, on the one hand, reading on the internet that I could die from this. And on the other hand, my doctor was saying, well, you know, you'll be okay. You know, it's like, well, what is it? Am I going to die? Or, you know, I just... There was nothing, absolutely nothing on the internet, nothing. When I was doing it, it was so clear that I should make it into a film. Yeah. And then, first of all, I wanted to do it from a woman's point of view, but that was only because I heard a really... I had a, such a good title, which was Chicks on Interferon. But um, <laughs> but I, anyway, it was, it wasn't, it's not a women's issue, really. Yeah. Uh, so I applied for the film to I applied for the money to make the film yeah. through the hepatitis C trust so by applying as a charity I was able to apply for money from the Wellcome Trust yeah. so I was able to apply for this £50,000 grant from the Wellcome Trust as well as other grants as well so I was able to make the documentary and um and that's how I came to know the hepatitis C trust yeah so during the film I got the result of my treatment because I was filming my treatment yeah and uh and I and I it hadn't worked and Charles said at the time oh well you know you can come and work for us okay the people that are affected by hepatitis c uh mostly uh are drug addicts and you know obviously there are a lot of people that aren't drug addicts but mostly it's you know you get it through taking drugs and so with drug use comes mental illness and all sorts of issues that you know you're not going to want to put your head above the parapet you feel like as bad as you possibly can anyway you're not going to come up for more abuse but anyway yeah so so I was on this kind of thankless task that he brought me in because I'd worked in music to try and create this kind of you know vibe yeah but so but you know I did like you mentioned the get tested um which was fun I got because I'd worked in music I was able to get like for example, my friend Ziggy used to run Bestival, and so she gave me a backstage pass to all the dressing rooms and stuff. And I went with a photographer who's now actually my sister-in-law, um, Charlotte. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and we um, went backstage and and photographed Lily Allen and uh, just all sorts of people. And mm-hmm. she photo- photographed them, and we did this campaigns, and so I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, and. 
So can you tell me a little bit more then about how art on a postcard started? Yeah. Because that kind of developed from that. Yeah. From what I understood, it was supposed to be a one-off secret auction. Yeah, yeah. And then it was so successful that it's been running for the past eight years. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I was already doing kind of uh, art auctions in Ibiza for the trust. And, um, And art on a postcard started because I was working with Saskia, um, Whitfield, who was incredibly well connected, and her stepfather was David Sylvester, who's Francis Bacon's biographer, and her father, uh, Clovis Whitfield, uh, who owns the Whitfield Gallery. I think it's called the Whitfield Gallery in Bond Street, and um, he's a Caravaggio scholar. And it was quite funny actually because when we were doing the, the when we were putting the the art on a postcard together. Uh, we were looking for somewhere to do it and we couldn't find anywhere. And, and you know, just as the sort of last place fell through, Saskia went, well, I suppose I'll have to ask my father. And I was like, oh, what, what, has he got a gallery? He said, yeah, yeah. Where? Bond Street. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why haven't we asked him already? It was like, anyway. So we did it there. And uh, the first one was amazing, actually. We got... As as it is uh, often with beginner's luck, because you're fresh and you, you kind of like just punch above your weight. And we got, um, God, Mark Quinn, Sam Taylorwood, uh, Gilbert and George. Uh, we got uh, Damien Hurst and Harlan Miller and, uh, God, who else? Gavin Turk. And I just... God, so cool. So, so many... <laughs> huge names yeah uh I choose the artists I also have like I covered already I, I've started yeah. taking on uh or looking for guest curators yeah and um and also we do uh you know prints so it's research, you know trying to sort of like yeah I look at I, I do so much uh researching for artists on the internet mm-hmm. artsy is such a great tool but yeah I mean just to see people's work artsy is really good yeah. And to see kind of what it's going for and stuff like that. Yeah. That's good. So your day to day really entails a whole variety of things. Like yeah, you know, you're researching I mean, artists, you're looking at, okay, what can we do to further the auction, like looking at developing prints and then, you know, all of this all of this around fundraising, raising awareness, building this these three auctions, organizing everything that goes around it. Mm. Um, Art on a postcard is an amazing way to not only support a charity, but also collect from some of the world's greatest artists. Mm. I mean, what was it? I think I looked at one of Marina Abramovich's works mm. because she contributed. Mm. And, you know, it starts at 50 pounds and I think hers sold for 600, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And I mean, that's amazing. And so I have to ask, are you a collector yourself? Yeah, I Do mean, you see you yourself see. as that? <laughs> I am, but... You know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a serious collector in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form. I mean, everything I've got here is original. The, f- the fact that you can get something by Marina Abramovich from us for 600 quid. You know what? That was really funny that it went for... The auction that that was in, Yeah, it was a secret auction. Ah, is And that, so yeah. <laughs> there was these guys that used to, with when I did the secret auctions, they would name every single person. You could go, who's that? And if it was like, I don't know, some sort of American abstract quite obscure they'd get it they'd get they get every single they used to sort of res- and they said yeah we know which one's marina and i was like oh right okay and just took it for their word that they did yeah right then they also some people thought it was because i had a uh, uh, boo savile she had done drawn a very nice glass of water and 
Marina Abramovich had done something about a glass of water, so they yeah. all thought there was that. That, that was that. Then she'd done something called Walking Through Walls. Her book was called Walking Through Walls, and there was a yeah. picture, a photograph of someone walking through a wall. So the money went everywhere, but and she, hers just went for six hundred pounds, and very few people got it that that was because they were so it was skin. That is so funny. I. So the secret auction, isn't that when you don't know who the artist is, yeah. you look at mm. the the artwork yeah. and then you, you bid yeah. on it and you, yeah, yeah. you then find That's out afterwards. That's what we used to do, yeah. yeah. We used to do that. I stopped that during the pandemic. Well, I stopped it during the women's auction first because yeah. when we did a women's auction, I thought it's weird to hide the women and I don't know, it just yeah. felt better. No, we don't, it's not, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then during the pandemic, um, we thought it would be better I wanted to ask, because you go about selecting the artists and now you're bringing guest curators mm. in, so how do you go about choosing the collaborators, be it artists or uh, the curators, for example? What do you okay. look for? My first one was, um, we, we, I did with Jealous. Um, I, I asked them to. Um, it was when Louise Fitz, Fitz John was still with Jer- mm-hmm. Jealous. And um, she's actually started her own gallery now in Margate. But... Um, and I knew she, she would do it so carefully. I love yeah. Dario too. Dario is with Jealous and uh, he's just such a great guy. He's He owns Jealous, I mean. Mm. And uh, I, I adore him. But I knew Louise would just go all out for it. Yeah. And she did. And then we had She Curates. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Molly Barnes. She is... Her taste is immaculate. Yeah. It really is. And uh, the way she presents it all as well. It's so impressive it looks it just looks great her page and also I thought she had a good presence you know I've got to look for that as well it's like who will you bring with you yeah you know because I run it like a business I run this like a business so it's got to be like you know do you have a lot of followers are you do you have a lot of people interested in you what what artists do you have the influence to get to us yeah you know so yeah absolutely Mm. And speaking of curators, yeah. the auction currently open and going on until April 21st yeah. has been curated by India Rose James, yes. who is a London-based curator and gallery owner. Yeah. And the proceeds from this auction won't be going to the Hepatitis mm. C Trust, and instead they'll be donated to Choose Love to support Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. So can you tell me about the motivation for this auction and about some of the artists who have contributed, maybe some of your favourites? Yeah, I go quite a way back with India now. Uh, and she has got her own gallery. She knows a lot of... Uh, she's very entrenched in the London art scene and I knew she would pull something really good together. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and also she really champions young artists. I mean, what she does is brilliant. She uses the position she's in to, to, to help, you know, to give people, like, um, space and time to show their work. And, yeah. You know, she's, a, she's, she's such a great person. She, I think she's, you know, she's lucky to have all this space in Soho and she uses it really for the good. Uh, and she's got a great eye. So, so who am I excited about? I'm really excited about Al- Alma Barrow. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, so are they? Because I I know the there are two sculptures in yeah. the auction by Alma Barrow, yeah. and three. she's three. Yeah. Oh, three. Are they all the cigarette butts? Yes. So three cigarette butts, and is it going to be you know a small cigarette, like an actual cigarette sized ceramic? Yeah. Yeah, cigarette butt. That's exactly what it is. I love it. I love yes, it. Yes, so do I. But I mean, God, it's amazing because it really, it also encourages more people to invest in the arts. And mm. even if 
the money for that is going into the hepatitis C trust or it's going mm. in, it's going to a, a charitable cause. Mm. It's also raising the awareness for these artists, yeah. which is also great. I mean, everyone is benef- benefiting yeah. from it. I, as a collector and art historian, someone who really is passionate about the arts, benefits from participating in any way. Yeah. And the artists benefit, the trust or the charity that receives the funds benefits. It's such a great system. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any future plans for Art on a Postcard that you could possibly divulge with me here today? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, what I really want to do is um, start supporting other charities as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or we could we could give them the whole Art on a Postcard experience or we could just, you know, do bits and pieces for them. We can help them with... We've got a lot of expertise to share. And, uh, yeah, we'd, and I'd li- love to be able to share it with other charities and help as many charities as possible. Yeah. It's a great fundraising tool. <laughs> well, to wrap up, I just have one final kind of fun, casual question for mm. you. Mm. And if you could have dinner with one artist, I'm going to say from art history or even from contemporary, if you'd like, oh. who would it be and why? Okay. Yeah, I should have given that one some thought. Um... <laughs> Who's kind of the first person that your that your heart kind of gravitates towards? Like, who's the, the one of the first people that pops into your mind? Okay, well maybe that might be... I know this sounds like pretentious, but maybe Giotto. Yeah, just, yeah, because I'd just like to know what he was like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine, yeah. and I'd like to know. And like, was he kind of you know pious and into the Bible, or was he kind of mad and unruly? And I don't know yeah. anything about Giotto. Yeah, I just yeah yeah I know that sounds. No, not at all. I feel like I, I really relate because um, one of my favorite artists is Caravaggio. And so right, I feel like right. I would really love to go and meet him and just know how what he was like and yeah. and find out all of these things that so many scholars yeah. have, you know, contemplated. Like, yeah. what was he really like? What were the scandals and all of that? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, Gemma, that concludes all of my questions. Thank okay. you so much for sitting down with me. And it was great. It was great. And... Um, I really appreciate it and thank you. Thank you. And that is it for today on All About Art. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating or a review as it helps more people discover the show. Also, feel free to share with your friends or if you share on social media, tag me and get in touch. Thank you so much for listening.